Well, Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Glad to see everyone back for another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. And if you were around at the time of Moses and you saw all the wonderful things that Moses did and all the miracles that were performed through Moses and all these miraculous things, how would you feel about having to follow up in Moses' footsteps? Well, that's just what Joshua did. And that's what we're going to have tonight's drosh on is all about Joshua. It's going to be a scriptural dossier. So make sure to stay tuned for that. We're going to be getting into the live statistics information all about Joshua. But that's coming up in the drosh. First, we're going to be getting into the liturgy, the Torah portion, the Haft Torah portion, and the Brit Hadashah portion like always. But if you were just here for the first time, we would like to say shalom and welcome. We are God Honest Truth, and we are a Messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. If you would like to find out more about us, please go to www.godhonesttruth.com. There you can find out information about the ministry, and you can find other information and resources to help you in your walk, whether that be audio Bibles, various translations, teaching articles, video teachings, you can find Hebrew resources, all sorts of stuff. So go check us out at GodHonestTruth.com. And if you need to contact us, you can do so through one of our many social media profiles. Or the best way would be directly through email at team at GodHonestTruth.com. So with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our liturgy. Kol balevav panimam nefesh yehudi omiyam ufateh misrach kadimam ayin lazion sofiyam olo avda Tikvatehenu, Atikvabachnutapahim, Lahiyotam Kovshi, Behatehenu, Eret Zion Verushalahim, Lahiyotam Kovshi, Behatehenu, Shema Yisrael, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad, Baruch Shem Kivod, Malhuto, Leholam Vayed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontless between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. So in the way of announcements this week, there's not too many to get into, but like always, we'll be giving you the episode 
let's episode schedule for about the next upcoming two months or so. Like I said, tonight is going to be a drosh all about Joshua. It's going to be another scriptural dossier. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Next week on November 11th, we're going to be having a drosh on the sacred name. So definitely stay tuned for that because you know that's going to be an important one to tune into. And after that, every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, like I said, here's your list for about the next upcoming two months or so. If you happen to miss any of these, including tonight's drosh, always check back on Shabbat morning, usually about 8, 9, somewhere around there. And we should have that live stream posted for you on the website, GodHonestTruth.com, free to watch as an on-demand version, along with the drosh slides that you can go through at your own speed as well. And once again, like always, here is your list of feast days for the next upcoming year. Of course, our next upcoming feast day is going to be Hanukkah. Now, it's not listed in Scripture, but it is celebrated by a lot of Messianics. So I just wanted to put that out there. And that's going to be starting on sunset, December 18th, and running through sunset of December 26th. As always, we're going to be having a drosh about Hanukkah about two weeks or so before the feast day comes up. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And you can learn all about Hanukkah, the history of it, how it's celebrated, symbols, etc., etc. So make sure to tune in for that special drosh also. Now, if you have any requests, prayer requests, or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, Make sure to have those in to us by Thursday evening at the latest because we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, if you would just like to be prayed for but not have it announced on air, that's great as well. Just let us know in your email and your prayer request that you don't want it announced, but you do want to be prayed for. We'd be more than happy to support you in that prayer request. So now back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your Spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah. He healed the sick and raised the dead. The multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught. With authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean. How the despised and outcast found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin. Despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world, his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name. We are in him. His spirit empowers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, in his merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu Sheba Shemaim Yikadesh Shemcha Tavo Mahutecha Yasa Retzoneha Baaret Kaasher Naasa Vashemaim. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, as on earth, so as in heaven. Ten lanu hayom lechem hukenu. Usalach lanu et ashmatenu ka asher. So lechem anachnu la asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Ve'al tevienu li de masa ki im hatzilenu min hara. Ki lecha. Amam lecha, v'hagavura, v'hadtifaret, le'olamei, olamim. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord shall be king throughout all time. May the Lord grant his people mercy. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. All right, and tonight's Torah portion is going to be Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, through chapter 15, verse 18. So it's going to be a rather long one tonight, so please bear with us. And we're going to give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home, if you would like to read along with us. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. And Yahweh went before them by day in a column of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a column of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. The column of cloud did not cease by day, nor the column of fire by night before the people. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea opposite baal Sephon, camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh shall say to the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness has closed them in. And I shall strengthen the heart of Pharaoh, and he shall pursue them. But I am to be esteemed through Pharaoh and over all his army, and the Mitzrites shall know that I am Yahweh. And they did so. And it was reported to the sovereign of Mitzrayim that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made his chariot ready, and took his people with him. And he took six hundred choice chariots, and all the chariots of Mitzrayim, with officers over all of them. And Yahweh strengthened the heart of Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim, and he pursued the children of Israel. But the children of Israel went out defiantly. And the Mitzrites pursued them, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth, before Baal-Sephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and saw the Mitzrites coming up after them. And they were greatly afraid, so the children of Israel cried out to Yahweh. And they said to Moshe, did you take us away to die in the wilderness because there are no burial sites in Mitzrayim? What is this you have done to us to bring us up out of Mitzrayim? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Mitzrayim, saying, Leave us alone and let us serve the Mitzrites? For it would have been better for us to serve the Mitzrites than to die in the wilderness. And Moshe said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the deliverance of Yahweh, which he does for you today. For the Mitzrites whom you see today, you never, never to see again. Yahweh does fight for you, and you keep silent. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Why do you cry to me? Speak to the children of Israel, and let them go forward. And you, lift up your rod, and stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it, and let the children of Israel go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, see, I am strengthening the hearts of the Mitzrites, and they shall follow them. 
And I am to be esteemed through Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the Mitzrites shall know that I am Yahweh, when I am esteemed through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the messenger of Elohim, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the column of cloud went from before them and stood behind them, and came between the camp of the Mitzrites and the camp of Israel. And it was the cloud and the darkness, and it gave light by night, and the one did not come near the other all the night. And Moshe stretched out his hand over the sea, and Yahweh caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. And the Mitzrites pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all the horses of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to be in the morning, watch, that Yahweh looked down upon the army of the Mitzrites through the column of fire and cloud, and he brought the army of the Mitzrites into confusion. And he took off their chariot wheels, so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Mitzrites said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for Yahweh fights for them against the Mitzrites. Then Yahweh said to Moshe, Stretch out your hand over the sea, and let the waters come back upon the Mitzrites, on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moshe stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its usual flow at the break of day, with the Mitzrites fleeing into it. Thus Yahweh overthrew the Mitzrites in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and not even one was left of them. And the children of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. Thus Yahweh saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Mitzrites, and Israel saw the Mitzrites dead on the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which Yahweh had done in Mitzrayim, and the people feared Yahweh and believed Yahweh and his servant Moshe. Then Moshe and the children of Israel sang this song to Yahweh and spoke, saying, I sing to Yahweh, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my father, and I exalt him. Yahweh is a man of battle. Yahweh is his name. He has cast out Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea, and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahweh, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahweh, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath, it consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils the waters were heaped up, the flood stood like a wall, the depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil, my being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You did blow with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Yahweh, among the mighty ones? Who is like you, great in set-apartness, awesome in praises, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your loving commitment you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength you guided them to your set-apart dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled, anguish gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled. The mighty men of Moab trembling grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them. By the greatness of your arm, they are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, O Yahweh, until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Yahweh, which you have made for your own dwelling. The set-apart place, O Yahweh, which your hands have prepared. Yahweh reigns forever and ever. Baruch atah Yahweh, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah temet, 
Vichaye Olam Betukenu, Baruchata Yahweh, Noten HaTorah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. All right, and tonight's Haftorah portion is going to be Jeremiah 49, verses 1 through 22. And once again, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home if you'd like to read along with us. Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 1. <clears throat> Concerning the Ammonites, thus said Yahweh, Has Yisrael no sons? Has he no heir? Why has Malcolm taken possession of Gad, and his people dwell in its cities? Therefore see, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I shall sound a battle cry in the Rabbah of the Ammonites. And it shall be a heap, a wasteland, and her villages shall be burned with fire. Then Israel shall dispossess those who dispossessed him, declares Yahweh. Howl, O Heshbon, for I is ravaged. Cry, daughters of Rabbah, gird on sackcloth. Lament and diligently search by the walls, for Malcolm shall go into exile with his priests and his heads. Why do you boast in the valleys, your flowing valley? O backsliding daughter, who is trusting in her treasures, saying, Who would come against me? See, I am bringing fear upon you from all those around you, declares the Master Yahweh of hosts. And you shall be driven out, each one straight ahead, with no one to bring home the wanderer. And after this I turn back the captivity of the children of Ammon, declares Yahweh. Concerning Edom, thus said Yahweh of hosts, Is there no more wisdom in Taman? Has counsel been lost to those with understanding? Has their wisdom vanished? Flee, turn back, dwell in the depths, O inhabitants of Dadan. For I shall bring the calamity of Esau upon him, the time that I shall punish him. If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave some gleaning grapes? Even thieves by night would destroy only until they had enough. But as for me, I shall make Esau bear. I shall uncover his hiding places so that he is unable to conceal himself. His seed is ravaged, his brothers and his neighbors, and he is no more. Leave your fatherless children, let me keep them alive, and let your widows trust in me. For thus said Yahweh, See, those whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have certainly drunk. And you are the one to go, and are you the one to go unpunished? You shall not go unpunished, but certainly drink of it. For I have sworn by myself, declares Yahweh, that Batra is to become a ruin, a reproach, a waste, and a curse, 
and all its cities become everlasting waste. And I have heard a report from Yahweh, and an envoy has been sent to the nations. Gather together, come against her, and rise up to battle. For look, I shall make you small among nations, despised among men. The dread for you, the pride of your heart, has deceived you, O you who dwell in the clefts of the rock, holding the height of the hill. Though you make your nest as high as the eagle, from there I bring you down, declares the master. And Edom shall be a ruin. Everyone who passes by it is astonished and whistles at all its plagues, as in the overthrow of Sedom and Amorah, and their neighboring cities, declares Yahweh. No one shall dwell there, nor would a son of man sojourn in it. See, he comes up like a lion from the yard and jungle against the strong, the home of the strong. But in an instant, I shall make him run away from her. And who is the chosen one to appoint over her? For who is like me, and who summons me, and who is that shepherd who stands before me? Therefore, hear the counsel of Yahweh, which he has counseled concerning Edom, and the purposes he has purposed concerning the inhabitants of Taman. The least of the flock shall drag them away. He shall make their pasture a waste before them. The earth shall be shaken at the noise of their fall. There is, there is an outcry, its noise is heard at the sea of reeds. See, like an eagle he flies up and spreads his wings over Batra, and the heart of the mighty men of Edom in that day shall be like the heart of a woman in her pain. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. All right, and tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. And one last time, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is then now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the Torah of the Spirit of the life in Messiah Yeshua has set me free from the Torah of sin and of death. For the Torah being powerless, in that it was weak through the flesh, Elohim, having sent his own Son in the likeness of flesh of sin, and concerning sin, condemn sin in the flesh, so that the righteousness of the Torah should be completed in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the matters of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the matters of the Spirit. For the mind of flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity towards Elohim, for it does not subject itself to the Torah of Elohim, neither indeed is it able. And those who are in the flesh are unable to please Elohim. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of Elohim dwells in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Messiah, this one is not his. And if Messiah is in you, the body is truly dead on account of sin, but the Spirit is life on account of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Yeshua from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Messiah from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit dwelling in you. So then, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of Elohim these are sons of Elohim.
Orukata Yahweh Elohenu Melak Haolam Asher Natan Lanu Hadavar Haimet Bechaye Olam Betukenu Orukata Yahweh Notain Habrit Hadasha Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. Alright, so before we get to tonight's drosh about Joshua, we're going to take just a short break like usual. And while we're checking on the live streams, if you would, just go down below and let us know what you would be thinking if you had to follow up Moses. Joshua followed him up, but if you were in Joshua's position and you had seen Moses do all this wonderful stuff, how would you feel about taking over the leadership position from someone like Moses? Just let us know down in the comments below. While you're down there, also be sure to hit that like button and hit the subscribe button, as well as ring the bell so that you're notified every time we go live or when we upload an on-demand video. Before you leave down there, also be sure to hit that share button and share it around with your friends, family, coworkers, or whoever it is that you think would enjoy this type of content. And every time you advertise and share it with people through word of mouth, we really, really do appreciate it. And it's just a huge blessing to us every time that word of God Honest Truth Ministries gets shared out. So thank you. Thank you so much for every time that you do that. I do want to apologize for being a little bit off tonight. There's a little bit of sinus congestion and stuff, and it's a little bit warm, so not to make excuses, but game has been a little bit off tonight, and just want to take a real quick moment to apologize for that, and also say thank you for sticking with me. And point in case, didn't have that ready to go. There we go. Now we're getting it. We'll make it. All right. So, like I said, tonight's Josh is going to be all about Joshua, who he was, what he did, some of the bigger points and statistics about his life. So, once again, if you happen to miss anything or you forgot to put something down in your notes, Check back on the website, GodHonestTruth.com, starting about tomorrow morning, and you should be able to see the on-demand version of this live stream, as well as all these slides I'm about to present to you. And like always, you can go through these slides at your own pace. Tonight is actually a very special night because we have actually started putting up that post now. Right now, you can go to GodHonestTruth.com, Go to the website and pull up the drosh or the uh, post for tonight's drosh, and you can already go through the slides on your own pace, even as we're speaking live. So go check it out. Hopefully you like it. If you do, let us know. If you don't, let us know. Either way, we always love to hear from you. But back to tonight's drosh. Like I said, it's all about Joshua, and the first time that we find Joshua in Scripture is in Exodus 17, 9. And here it says, And Moshe said to Yehoshua, or Joshua, Choose for us men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I am stationing myself on the top of the hill with the rod of Elohim in my hand. This is the first time we see the name of Joshua in Scripture. And here... This is actually the first battle that the Israelites or the Hebrews had to fight when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now, they had already done away with Pharaoh and his army. They were already headed towards Sinai, and they have to fight Amalek. And who does Moses pick to fight this very first battle that the Hebrews are going to have to fight? It's Joshua. And Joshua turns out to be a wonderful military commander and leader, as we'll see as we go through the life of Joshua. In 
And Joshua also has a very important connection to Yeshua, as we'll get to as we go on. And one aspect of that is that Joshua's name actually means Yahweh is salvation, or salvation is from Yahweh, whichever way you want to look at that. Interestingly enough, Yeshua's name also means the exact same thing, that salvation is of Yahweh, or Yahweh is salvation. There's the first important connection. But, excuse me, Joshua wasn't his original name. That's what Moses ended up calling him. But his original name was actually Hosea. Numbers 13, 16. These are the names of the men whom Moshe sent out to spy out the land. And Moshe called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Yehoshua. So this guy's name was originally Hoshea, or Hosea. And Moses changed his name and started calling him Joshua, or Yehoshua. Excuse me. Interestingly enough, Hoshea or Hosea means salvation. Joshua means Yahweh is salvation, but his original name, Hosea, literally means just salvation. How interesting is that? It's kind of cool, huh? Now, some statistics about Joshua. You find Joshua mentioned a total of 218 times in 199 verses. And this is going according to, excuse me, the King James Version, of course. Joshua was born in Egypt. His father's name was Nun. Not Nun, but Nun. I made sure that this was correct. I looked exactly in the Hebrew text, and it's Nun, not Nun. He lived for 110 years, which is about 10 years less than Moses did. And he was from, I'm sorry, he was an Ephraimite. That means he was from the tribe of Ephraim. So Joshua wasn't from the tribe of Judah, a Jew. Joshua was an Ephraimite. Another interesting thing to note about Joshua is that Scripture doesn't actually record him as having been married or having any children. But there is tradition and legend out there that Joshua was married. And this comes from the Midrash. This comes from Megillah 14b. It says, For Rahab converted and married Joshua, and therefore Huldah descended from both Joshua and Rahab. Now, if you'll remember from your Bible study, Rahab was actually the prostitute that was saved when the people came in to Jericho and destroyed the city, right? Took it over. According to the Midrash, the Talmud, Joshua married this prostitute, Rahab. Okay? But, take into consideration that the Talmud is just a commentary. It's not scripture. It's not... Yeah, it's not binding on our lives for doctrine and stuff like that. It's just interesting to look at. Scripture is Scripture. That's what's binding on our lives and our doctrines. And Scripture does not record Joshua as having been married or having any children. Now, like we said before, when they came out of Egypt, their very first battle was against the Amalekites. And Joshua was tasked with leading this battle, leading the very first battle the Hebrews had after coming out of Egypt. Exodus 17, 8-16 through 16. And Amalek came and fought with Yisrael in Rephidim. And Moshe said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I am stationing myself on the top of the hill with the rod of Elohim in my hand. And Yehoshua did as Moshe said to him to fight with Amalek. And Yehoshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Write this for a remembrance in the book and recite it in the hearing of Yehoshua that I shall completely blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. And Moshe built a slaughtered place and called its name Yahweh Nisi. For he said, because a hand is on the throne of Yah, 
Yahweh is to fight against Amalek from generation to generation. So the very first battle the Hebrews have after coming out of Egypt, and the very first mention we have of Joshua, is here in this battle with Amalek, and they are victorious. Joshua leads them to a military victory. And this is not the only military victory that Joshua will be leading the people through, as you'll see. Interesting to note, we all know that Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, right? But did you also know that Joshua went up with Moses on the mountain as he went up there to get the Ten Tablets? Or the, I'm sorry, the Ten Commandments. Exodus 24, 13. And Moshe arose with his assistant, Yehoshua, and Moshe went up to the mountain of Elohim. Now, mind you, this is the first time that Moses went up. That's when Joshua went with him. And when Moses came back down the first time, Joshua came back down with him, and this was the golden calf incident. Exodus 32, 17. And Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, and he said to Moshe, a noise of battle in the camp. So Joshua's got this military mindset. He's already fought against Amalek and beaten him. He hears this noise of all the people down there with the golden calf, and he thinks there's a battle at hand. So he's coming down with Moses. Moses sees all this, of course, breaks the Ten Commandments on the golden calf, destroying it and then has to go back up. But the second time that Moses goes back up, Joshua doesn't go with him. Now, after they leave, after they get the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, they head toward the Promised Land, right? And when they get near the Promised Land, they send out spies to go and check out the land, see what it's like, see what the plants and the people and the cities and the military strength, et cetera, et cetera, right? They send spies in the land to assess what's going to be coming up in front of them, right? And Joshua was one of these spies. Numbers 13, 16 through 17. These are the names of the men whom Moshe sent to spy out the land. And Moshe called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Yehoshua, and Moshe sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up here into the south and go up to the mountains. Now they sent out, or I'm sorry, Moses sent out 12 spies, which included Joshua, right? When all the spies came back and reported to Moses what they had seen and whatnot, 10 of those spies said they were scared, they were giants, they, they couldn't do it, it's going to be a slaughter for us. We're all going to die if we go into the land and try to fight these people, right? But two of the spies held strong, and that was Joshua and Caleb. They held their faith in Yahweh. They had already seen everything that had happened in Egypt and in the wilderness and etc., etc., and they still held their faith in Yahweh that if they went into the land, they would be victorious with Yahweh on their side. But unfortunately, the other 10 spies and the people in general did not hold their faith. And as a result, they did not go into the land at that point, but instead wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Numbers 14, 6 through 9. And Yehoshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Yephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their garments, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If Yahweh has delighted in us, then he shall bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which is flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against Yahweh, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their defense has turned away from them, and Yahweh is with us. Do not fear them. So Joshua and Caleb kept the faith. They knew that Yahweh was on their side and that they would be victorious. But, like we said, the people rebelled. They didn't have faith, so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years 
until that generation had died out and a new generation had risen up and it had came of age. Now, at this point, they get up to the edge of the promised land and Moses is not allowed to go in the promised land. We covered that back during the scriptural dossier of Moses. So go check that out if you'd like to know why. But Moses is not allowed to go into the promised land. He's taken up on a mountain. He's shown all the land, but he's not allowed to go into the promised land himself. And so Moses dies without seeing the, I'm sorry, without going into the promised land. Deuteronomy 34, 5 through 7. And Moshe, the servant of Yahweh, died there in the land of Moab, according to the mouth of Yahweh. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, and no one knows his burial place to this day. And Moshe was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his freshness gone. So Moses had led the people all this time since Egypt. And now they got to the edge of the promised land, and Moses dies. The leader of the Hebrews, the leader of Israel, dies. So now they need a new leader. And who is it? It's going to be Joshua, the second in command, right behind Moses. And Joshua is actually appointed by Yahweh himself. Joshua 1, 1 through 2. And it came to be after the death of Moshe, the servant of Yahweh, that Yahweh spoke to Yehoshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moshe, saying, Moshe, my servant, is dead. So now, arise, pass over this Yarden, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the children of Israel. So now Joshua is put in place of Moses in the leadership position for all the people. Some pretty big shoes to fill, right? But he's already proven himself as a competent and capable military leader. So now it's time for him and the people to go into the promised land and Joshua is to lead them. Now, when they go into the promised land, one of the things they have to do is cross the Jordan River. And very similar to how when Moses parted the Reed Sea, Joshua is also instrumental in parting the Jordan River so the people walk through on dry land. Joshua 3, 7-8 and 17. And Yahweh said to Joshua, This day I begin to make you great before the eyes of all Israel, so that they know that I am with you as I was with Moshe. And you command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the water of the Yarden, stand in the Yarden, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Yarden. And all Israel passed over on dry ground until all the nation had completely passed over the Yarden. So Moses parted the Reed Sea, and now Joshua is instrumental in parting the Jordan or Yarden. So they get into the Promised Land, and there's already inhabitants there, right? There's already people living in the promised land. So the people have to go in and possess the land, take it over, and of course there's going to be some resistance. One of those places they have to take over is a place called Jericho. And Joshua was in charge during this time and led the people in the battle for Jericho. Joshua 6, 2, 24, and 27. And Yahweh said to Joshua, See, I have given Yeroho and its sovereign, mighty brave men, into your hand. And they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of Yahweh. And Yahweh was with Yehoshua, and a report about him was in all the land. So, by this point, Joshua is already making a pretty good name for himself in going in the footsteps of Moses, right? 
He never got up to the level of Moses, but he was still a wonderful and a great leader who accomplished great and miraculous things. And he was a great servant of Yahweh. At one point, when they were having a battle going into the Lamb, Joshua even got the sun to stand still for an entire day. Check this out. Joshua 10, 12-14 Then Yehoshua spoke to Yahweh in the day when Yahweh gave the Amorites over to the children of Israel, And he said before the eyes of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibbon, and moon in the valley of Ayalon, so the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself upon their enemies. Is, it, is this not written in the book of Yasher? Thus the sun stopped in the midst of the heavens, and did not hasten to go down for an entire day. And there has been no day like that, before it or after it, that Yahweh listened to the voice of a man, because Yahweh fought for Israel. Amen, right? And Yahweh still fights for Israel. Fortunately, through his son Yeshua, even those of us who are not genetic descendants of Jacob, of Israel, of Abraham, can still be grafted in and become a part of Israel. Amen? Wonderful things. But Joshua here entreats with Yahweh during this battle. So they could fight during daylight because they didn't have night vision back then, right? He entreats with Yahweh and the sun stands still and the moon doesn't move for an entire day. And they win the battle, obviously. But some interesting things to note about Joshua. Well, really just one, but I found it very, very interesting. In the Vulgate, it records Joshua's name as Yosu, right? And G Yeshua's name as Yesum. Don't know why they did that, but I'm not prolific in Latin either. However, even though these are very similar and very close, they're not exact. But in the Greek Septuagint, Joshua is rendered as Yesus. And Yeshua, or Jesus, is rendered as Jesus. The exact same thing. Now, funny thing is, there's no conspiracy behind the name Jesus. It's not a conspiracy to combine two Roman pagan god names, right? That's just false, okay? Anyone who knows anything about history, even a slight amount, knows that's just a conspiracy. Well, let's just stop with that. But, if we were to go back to the originals today, instead of Jesus, we would probably have transliterated into English, Joshua. Right? Not Jesus. Interesting to note. This has actually led to some confusion in earlier translations. For instance, the King James Version states this. Hebrews 4:8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not have I'm sorry, would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Okay, so you might be saying, well, what's wrong with this? Well, actually. This is not Jesus that the Bible is talking about here. And this verse, it's actually Joshua talking about the life of Joshua. Correctly, it should be translated, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Or, for if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So, King James translators got confused on that point. Because both Joshua and Yeshua, or Jesus, are spelled as Iesus in Greek. You gotta look at the context there when translating, and it's easy to see why the King James translators made this mistake, but 
Just wanted to go ahead and point that out. I thought it was very interesting that both Joshua and Yeshua or Jesus' name in Greek is Jesus. Yahweh is salvation. And that's just the God honest truth. We'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that you come across something that you didn't know before. We hope that this was educational and uplifting for you. And let us know what it is you think about us putting the post up at the exact same time the live stream is. Do you like following along on your own, the draw slides that we go through, or what's your opinion on it? Just let us know down in the comments below or through email. Now, just a moment, we'll be doing the Aaronic Benediction. So if you have anyone there with you that you would like to gather together next to you when we do that, then go ahead and start gathering them together. But I would like to remind you just one more time, leave us a comment down below because we always love hearing from you or send us an email. That'll work as well. Or through one of our many social media profiles. Whatever's best for you, hey, just give us a shout out. We always love it. Also, go down below, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit the bell so that you're notified every time we go live or upload an on-demand video. And before you leave down there, make sure to hit that share button and share it around with your friends, family, coworkers, or whoever it is that you think would enjoy this type of content. Oh, excuse me. And also, thank you once again for bearing with me tonight, because I know I've been a little bit off the game of, compared to previous episodes, but it's all good. And thank you once again. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our Aaronic Benediction. May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you once again for joining us tonight. We hope that tomorrow you have a great, wonderful, and restful Shabbat. We hope that your next upcoming week is filled with good food, good spirits, good fortune, good health, good family, good friends. And until we meet again, take care of each other, take care of yourself, Shavua Tov and Shabbat Shalom.